Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. subject is reward and you're making it very clear that this is nothing to do with salvation salvation is god's gift but on the day of judgment each person jesus said will be rewarded according to what we have done you've talked about faith honor and obedience how there is no reward unless we show those three things and there's also reward for this life as well as an eternal reward. And I said yesterday that this business of reward is like a thread right the way through the teaching of Jesus, including uh, many of his parables. There's a spiritual principle that Jesus teaches, that Paul teaches, that we reap what we sow. Now, what's that saying? Well, there's a reward according to what you sow. Uh, If you sow a little, your reward will only be a little. If you sow much, if you give much, what will your reward be? You will reap much. You see, it's there. It's it's implicit in the teaching. And uh, Jesus says, for example, in the parable of the sower, when the seed of God's word falls on different types of soil, there's no reward if the seed falls on the path, the devil comes and snatches it away. There's no reward if the seed falls in the shallow soil, because although it seems to spring up for a while, when the heat comes, it's got no depth of root, so it withers and dies, doesn't produce fruit, doesn't come to the point of reward. The, the seed that falls in the soil where there's lots of thorns and thistles, they choke the good seed so it doesn't come to maturity. You don't get the reward. But where the seed falls on good soil, there's a reward. It reproduces 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. So it's there implicitly in that parable. We have um, the parable of the talents and other similar parables to that. Uh, What happens? The master gives five, two, one. I mean, there are various forms of this parable in in, uh, the New Testament, very similar parables, all teaching the same thing. Um, The one with five went off and made five more. When he is called to account by the master, what does the master say? Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. There's a reward. The two, the one who was given two, he had a different capacity from the one who was given five, but he was faithful and obedient in putting to use what was entrusted to him by the master. So when he's called to account, he brings two more. And what does the, what does the master say? Well done, good and faithful servant. Same commendation. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Reward. But what happens to the one who received the gift from the master? but went and buried it and produced nothing. He comes and he brings the one that he was given and gives it back. And what does the master say? You wicked servant. You could at least have put it on deposit with the bankers and made an interest. You haven't done anything with what I gave you. 
So he's called a wicked servant. And he's, he's, it says, take the one from him, give it to the one with ten. And people are, say, but, but they already has ten. But you see, there's the reward. If you prove faithful, God will give you more and more and more. Just talking about the man who buried uh, his talent, I mean, why did he do that? What, can you put that into a sort of... A... Well, he says in the parable that he was afraid of the master, you see. Um, but what the master says, well, if you were really afraid of me, then you would have done something with it. If you really feared me, you would have wanted to please me. You, would, you wouldn't have gone off and... So he couldn't, he couldn't be bothered, that. basically. You, you, yeah, I mean, yes, because the, the master is really saying, uh, you knew you would be called to account. So, you know, uh, you, 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 have to, you have to put to use that which I have given you. So um, Jesus says uh, that if you prove faithful in little things, you will be put in charge of greater things. What's that? Reward. If you prove faithful in what God asks you to do now, he's going to reward you by giving you even greater and more responsible things to do that will bring even more glory and honor to God. If that man who buried his one talent had had a healthy fear of God, would he have buried that talent? No. Is it to do with the fear he of would, the Lord? He would have used it. He's talking about the wrong kind of fear, you see, being afraid of rather than really being in awe. Mm of who God is. So, I mean, God has honored us. That's what we have to understand. He's honored us with salvation. He's honored us with new birth. He's honored us by coming to live in us by the power of his Holy Spirit. He's honored us by putting his kingdom within us. So when the scripture says that we are to honor him, we are only, if you like, to express to him what he has already expressed to us. It's the same principle as when John says in his first epistle that we can only love because he has first loved us. Well, we can only honor God because he has first honored us. And you see, those servants in the parable were honored by what the master had entrusted to them. Those that took that honor seriously and put the gifts that God had given to work, they were themselves then honored they were rewarded. They entered into the eternal joy of their Lord. So uh, we, can't, we can't run away from this. And, you know, the, when we're teaching our, our students in our college, um, some of them have wonderful and great ideas, ambitions, if you like, of how God can use them and of what God wants to do with their lives. And it's, it's fine to have a good vision of how God can use you. But I make clear to them, well, that's fine, so long as you realize that it's going to take time for God to bring you to that place, because first you're going to have to prove faithful in what he puts in front of you to do today. He's not going to, he, he, if you don't prove faithful in what he's asking of you now, he's not going to entrust you with more, because it would be foolish to do that. If you can't be entrusted 
to do what he's asking of you now. Why on earth should he ask you to do something even more important and significant? So therefore, it's very important for these students within their context to be obedient to what the Lord wants them to do while they're at college, to be a good student, to love others, to serve them, to to really learn, the, to apply the principles of the gospel to their lives, to their relationships, when they reach out, to touch the world with the gospel of the kingdom and so on. So you, you need to be proved faithful as a student and then God will be able to use you in whatever way he determines when you cease to be a student. And he won't put you at the top of the tree immediately. The scripture is very clear about that. But you will prove faithful and then God will raise you higher and you will prove faithful and then God will raise you higher and you will prove faithful. Why? Because faithfulness has its reward. Honor has its reward. Faith has its reward. Obedience has its reward. You can't get away from it, can you? Is it true, though, that the most reward will come from those things that nobody knows that we do, those things that we do in secret, because only God sees them? Well, Jesus, as we saw on on Monday, Jesus says there are things that are done in secret. But, of course, not everything we do is going to be done in secret. I mean, how can we impact the world? How can we heal the sick? How can we perform miracles in his name? How can we love and serve and give and bless others without it being seen? I'm thinking of the person perhaps who's caring for a disabled child who nobody really, or caring for an elderly relative. I mean, is that the same thing? Well, there are lots of things that are unseen in that sense, except the the people that are aware of, of that. I mean, they will see the way in which that relative is being cared for. Um, uh, Jesus was talking more about the unseen things when he's talking about prayer and fasting and things like that. Giving, maybe, money? Yes, and giving. You know, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Um, So that um, you, you are giving out of the right motive and intention. But all kinds of ways in which we're called to love and to serve and to bless and to give are going to be seen by others. The important thing is that our motive is not to parade these things before others. Our motive is to love because God calls us to love. It's to bless because he tells us to bless. It's to give because he wants us to give. And all we want all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise go to him. But at the same time, he says that he will reward our faithfulness in giving what he tells us to give, in doing what he tells us to do. So, uh, you see, God is no man's debtor. And he's not going to, he's not going to let us outdo him in giving. So we give, but then he gives good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. What's that? It's reward. But you don't get that running over reward until first you have given, until first you've obeyed, until first you have done what the word of God says. But then there is a reward. And you see, the reward is so much greater than anything that we have done. But tomorrow, in the last of this series on reward, we will see how all this reward is still a work of God's grace. Salvation is a gift, a work of his grace, but even the reward that we are given for what we have done is also a work of God's grace, as I shall explain tomorrow. 
You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 